Hello, and welcome to Talking Dad UK, the podcast where we discuss all things dad. You can follow the podcast at Talking Dad UK One on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Talking Dad UK on YouTube. Talking Dad UK at gmail.com. If you want to contact the podcast, interested in becoming a guest, got any stories to share with us, or some feedback, you can support the podcast at Talking Dad UK at Kofi.com where you'll see some short blog posts that are only available on the Kofi page. Um, you can support the podcast, some small donations, one-off donations. They'll all be much appreciated in helping improve the podcast in the future. All the links will be in the show notes. I hope you enjoy this episode and thanks for listening. Hello, George. Hey, Jamie, how are you? Not too bad, how are you doing? Yeah, it's been good, thanks. It's been one of those weeks so far. I think the heat's getting to me, you know? Yeah. you struggling as well? <laughs> um, well, I'm still working from home, so I I spend all my day sat in this dining room on my work laptop, and then on a night like tonight when I'm recording, I swap out the laptops for my other laptop, and I've sat here again and I'm recording. So, <laughs> I mean, I've got the doors open and the windows open. I'm just hoping the neighbours don't start mowing the lawn because I'll have to run around <laughs> and shut the door. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> so oh. summertime. It's um, people just want to be outside, obviously, don't they? And uh, trying to find somewhere quiet to record is quite difficult. But I've been enjoying the nice weather. I mean, it makes a change for wearing coats and jeans and wrapping up. I suppose. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But it, it has certainly been a struggle. I'm just like you. I've, uh, I'm working from home, of course, and. Um, uh, all the doors, all the windows open. But the problem is I work in a living room where the TV is and I'll have all like jackass and Nitro Circus on all day whilst I'm working. Yeah. So my poor neighbours just be subjected to, hi, I'm Charlie Knoxville, all <laughs> day, every day. I've just seen that there's a trailer come out today, aren't there, for the new one, the, the latest uh, film they're going to do. I haven't watched yeah, it. I know. No, I haven't seen it yet. I didn't realise there was a trailer yet, but I know they're doing, yeah, Jackass Forever, it's being called. What a, what yeah. a very original title. I know. It just popped up as I was um, sorting the kids out in the shower, and <laughs> that's how I'll, put, I'll watch that later. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see it. I mean, I'm I'm a bit a bit nervous for them. I've heard that there's been quite a few injuries, but I'm, I'm excited to see it. I have to see it straight away, definitely. They're all getting a bit old, aren't they? <laughs> Yeah, you you just wonder how much like the human body can take. I mean, as we'll get into, I'm sure during this episode later, um, about like kind of what I put my body through and and the injuries and stuff like that I've had over the years. And then yeah, these guys just just so much more. And I'm a huge fan of uh, Nitro Circus as well, which is yeah. um, they had a TV series for a while, which was produced by Johnny Knoxville and Jeff Tremaine from from Jackass, and um, that was much more kind of up my street and stuff that I've done in my life. And and but the injuries that Travis Pastrana like the lead guy in the Nitro Circus has had in his life he's had like 30 30 plus concussions it was like motor, motocross stuff and things like that wasn't it yeah, yeah yeah you just wonder how they're functioning after all that yeah they're like held together by surgery aren't they scar oh, tissue absolutely <laughs> yeah definitely definitely I mean he he's already said he posts pictures regularly of his knees and stuff like he can't run anymore and stuff like that because he's his knees just end up like a bowling ball. Afterwards. Yeah. It's um, what, you know, what athletes put themselves through, really, isn't it? That's why yeah. they retire when they're like 25. Yeah, I suppose so. It's, um, yeah, the injury side. I hate seeing stuff like that. It's just, it sends shivers, you know what I mean? When you see injuries or accidents or things like that. But 
Oh yeah, it can be so sad. It can be so sad. Some of the careers. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So, um, no, I better start with the family side of things, really. So, I am a parent. I'm a father. Um, yeah. And I became a first-time father in in uh, October 2018. Yeah. So, right now, I am going through the whole uh, terrible twos and three nature kind of periods. Right now, yeah. um, I have a lovely tricky wife. Stage. Who's, yeah, tricky stage. I have a lovely wife, though, luckily, who's helping me all through this. And um, my my kind of story is um, that I, I, I always wanted to be a parent. My, my wife had always wanted to be a parent as well. So um, it was a pretty easy decision for us to make to when we, we got married and we wanted to have children. So it's pretty pretty traditional relationship and, and quite old school in that respect. Um, but then about a month after my son was born, uh, I was diagnosed with postnatal depression. So this is something that I'm kind of wanting to kind of come on and talk about and, and yeah. talk to a lot of people about really in general and kind of raise awareness for this is that um, I, I had no idea that men could get postnatal depression because you automatically think, well, they're, they're not the ones going through the birth. They're, they're sort of sat there on the sidelines or obviously providing support and all that through the birth. But they're not the ones who have like carried the child and, and given birth and all that that sort of stuff but we um men do end up with postnatal depression and it turns out that in the uk men are just as likely to get it as women but there's no specialist support at least on the nhs for postnatal depression in men um so my my wife she um had support from uh health visitors and um and from mental health services on the nhs related to uh, her own kind of struggles with post uh, prenatal depression as well as a little bit of post as well I think I think a lot of it was um I remember I remember prenatal definitely and um whereas for myself I had to kind of go through traditional channels that anybody else would um with with the with general depression so waiting lists and um kind of uh assessments all that kind of stuff so it was uh, quite a long and stressful process and I'd say only in the past um two or three months I, I've really started to turn a corner and make a good recovery okay. uh, from the postnatal depression side of things. So here I am trying to tell my story to the world. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on and uh, sharing your story and hopefully we can spread the message and, and, and get awareness out there for others that might be going through similar things or, or worried about similar things. And, and we can put a positive message out there and tell them how, how, you know, you can come through the other side and how you can deal with things and what it might look like even, because like you say, it's not that recognised. It's it's not something that's, you know, people aren't telling dads about this kind of thing, are they? So No, no, not at all. So no, I think it's, um, you know, thank you so much for having me on here. And this is a really, really great resource that I think all parents should have, not just um, not just for men, but for, for women as well. It's so specialist, you know, this is obviously specifically for, for fathers, you know, um, be great, you know, um, podcasts for mothers out there, just general parents, guardians, carers, all that kind of stuff. I think it's so useful. And, you know, I, I've, I've been a, been a listener for um, uh, just over a month now. So I don't know if it's uh, some kind of link between my uh, turning the corner and uh, discovering your podcast, but um, uh, being, being a listener, it's been so useful to have all the resources and, and kind of hearing people's stories and, and their, their, their tips and advice and, and, um, and just generally being able to relate to something that's been so important. So thank you so much for having me. This is brilliant. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. First off, um, 
we can't make too bold a claim in terms of uh, lining up with your your sort of f- feeling well and and your recovery side of things. It may just be <laughs> one of them things, but um, <clears throat> thanks for listening. Um, and and that's one of the things that you know I set out to try and do is is you know my, my son, my eldest, will be five very soon, um, and f- and four years ago, coming up five years ago. I just remember sitting around in, in, you know, antenatal classes with my wife and, and just being the supportive dad, doing the things that you feel like you you should be doing through the whole process. And and at certain points, just thinking, this is all, there's, there's nothing for dads. I, I, if I, if I was struggling at that time, which thinking back, I don't, I don't think I was, if I was, who would I talk to? Where would I go for advice? There's no poster on the wall in the antenatal waiting room as it was maternity ward saying dad's ring this number dad's check out this website i mean that's changed a lot now and there's a lot there's a lot been done and there's a big movement for mental health and in particular men's mental health at the moment and over the past 12 18 months but back then i i don't remember seeing anything it was just a case of that i worked in that sector at that time in adults mental health and i had a bit of a a knowledge and a bit of a background as a as a support worker not as a you know qualified psychiatrist or psychotherapist or anything um so i just had a bit of an understanding of where i was at the time and, and what i might have needed and i was you know fairly good at recognizing when i needed to talk to people see my mates just get out of the house and do something different and 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 that worked for me at the time but you know not everyone has that opportunity and certainly in the past 18 months people haven't had that opportunity because everywhere's been shut because of covid we haven't been allowed to go anywhere or do anything or ask you mate if you want to go for a coffee or something so that's been kind of taken away from us and um you know starting this podcast i just wanted to give give an opportunity for people to share different stories and different backgrounds and and you know reach as many people as possible because We've all got varied backgrounds and varied stories, but we can all sort of interchange and cross over at the same time. So, you know, you you, you get you might get the stay-at-home dad or the single dad, single parent dad, and and they have got a different story to somebody who's you know a, a younger dad, maybe with a first-time parent in in a relationship, it, it, and and things are all nice, and and they're just experiencing it for the first time and enjoying it. There's lots of different stories to share and, and people can pick up the bits that they need. And that's that's all I can hope for, really. But but that's that's still so useful. But I mean, you know, um, early you said not being qualified in psychology, things like that. But it, that doesn't I mean, obviously, that stuff is useful. I'm never, ever going to like bag on something like that at all, um, because it's uh, my my wife uh, is a psychology graduate and um, uh, she I've learned so much from her. Um, and I think it's helped me to understand a lot about myself and, and ways I'm feeling. But simply just being able to go and tell stories is so useful just from your own experience. And um you know, the, the, the best thing that any parent can do, you know, regardless, regardless of gender or roles or whatever is to to tell people your story and um provide advice be supportive and you mentioned before about the the lockdown and, and being able to see people and stuff like that and it's um i i was so lucky to have 
a really great support network around me, especially from from my wife, who um, just just gave me everything that I kind of needed in order to to sort of get through the tough times. And uh, you know, um, you know, I do the same back to her as well, of course. And um, some some people, you know, might not be so lucky, and especially during the first lockdown, we had we um, yeah, are way back in in March, April last year where we couldn't see people, you know, all the play parks were shut as well. And um, yeah. that was, you know, in later lockdowns, that was absolute saving grace for us because we had a child who has got an absolute, you know, absolute abundance and surplus of energy. He needs to get out. It's like a dog. Yeah. He needs to be taking walkies once a day sort of thing. Yeah. And so parks are shut. We, you know, he doesn't understand why and we can't explain it to him because he doesn't, he just doesn't get it that, like this idea of you know, a global pandemic, people are getting sick, people are getting ill, and um, and the, for the safety of others, we can't we can't go to the local park, and it really really takes your toll on on your own mental health. You know, they always say it takes a tribe or it takes a village to to raise a child, and so we're trapped inside, can't leave. You know, this this two bedroom flat that I live in um, with with my wife and son, of course, and yeah it's just it's just the three of us just trapped locked in together and i've been on tours before with with, with bands and artists and you're you're trapped in a van for you know 10 15 weeks however long it is you you could barely stand the sight of each other by the end of it but this is now your significant other that you're doing it with you're in absolute close quarters close confines with them yeah trying to just survive and that's all we we realized between us that all we could do was just try and survive and make it through it and it's so important to understand that you are not the only ones, you know, like there are the people out there who understand and can help and can, you know, you can talk to. And there are stories out there just like yours that can um, really help you, give you a bit of guidance, a bit of inspiration, just motivation and just hope as well. Because that was something that I lacked in a lot was, was hope yeah. um, a lot of the time uh, because the support was out there. It's been a... Um... A, a tough period through through that whole thing because while on the one hand we have had all the isolation and we've not been able to go out and do things that we would normally like to do and, and mix with people and all that kind of stuff that we need there's been at the same time a massive boom of online stuff and but this podcast for example was you know, it was something I thought about yeah. four years ago, but it was something I only put into practice in January this year because we were in another lockdown and um, I was going through um, the same situation as many others in, in lockdown. And at the same time, my wife was pregnant. We were expecting in April. So, uh, you know, that it just brought back the, the feelings of the first time around when I thought, actually, there's not a lot of stuff going on for dads. I was sort of thinking that same thing at January this year. And I thought, well, actually, let's just create something for dads. Let's just do it. It's just, it's, yeah. What, what have we got to lose, really? In a podcast world, you you can record whatever you like and put it out there. And, you know, some people will listen and many won't, but it, it doesn't matter. Um, it's just it's for that for that one person that does listen and thinks, you know what, I was having a shit time, but. I'm not the only person that was having a shit time because somebody else has just said that they they were feeling the same last month, and and now they they've come out of it and and they're doing okay. It's just a phase, or, or you know, not all situations are like that. But I mean, for that one person that might listen, that's in that position, that's that's what I was hoping to do. So um, I think 
we've all had a, a t- tough time. Um, yeah. yeah. We, we, I mean, we're, we're approaching like, because my son's at school, he's just finished his first year at school. It only feels like yesterday that, that we were taking him in for his first day at school with all of the stuff that goes around it with COVID restrictions and everything else. It's been completely yeah. different to what a normal school year would look like. And, and all of a sudden we're at the end of it is his last day tomorrow. And, you know, we've not been into his class. We've not had a walk around his class. We've not allowed in the playground or anything like that. We have to use a side entrance and that kind of stuff. And we all have to queue and social distance. So it's been completely different, but, but now he's going to finish school and, and we're, we're entering summer holidays and it almost feels like we're entering another lockdown because it's a bit like, well, I'm going to be stuck at home working surrounded by a four-year-old that doesn't understand that I've got to work all day and he just yeah. <laughs> he's off school and he wants to play and the wife's busy with the three-month-old baby and it, it's going to be a, another trial um, over the summer, but at least places are open and we can mix and we can do things. Um, so it's going to be slightly different and hopefully the weather stays nice so we can have plenty of time outside as well. Um, because there's nothing worse than being stuck at home and having to sit in your house because it's raining and cold and miserable. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, we got a good taste of that last year, as I said, like yeah. March, April kind of time. Um, and it, I mean, hopefully the weather will hold out at the moment. It's been this absolutely scorching hot day for anybody listening today. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, uh, it's been scorching hot for the past I don't know, week, I think, maybe. And before that, though, it was just raining constantly. And it was just like, oh, so it's just like we've got all this COVID and lockdown and everything going on. And you can't even get like nice weather summer. But so far, it's been unbearably hot. But but I'm very grateful to have a bit, yeah. have a bit of warmth. But yeah. it's, um, it's so cool, though, that you've, you know, found something something that you obviously have passion for to do during during lockdown in starting up this podcast. So for me, I, I started doing music during um during lockdown last year and um for me it was um postnatal depression was really really getting the better of me you know i had been uh, i'd gone to my gp i'd been diagnosed my, i was really really lucky in that um, my wife has um has dealt with depression things like that before in in, in her life in terms of um obviously like i mentioned before like prenatal depression and uh, and postnatal as well yeah. and um and um so i was encouraged to go get a diagnosis go to the doctor so i, I got the diagnosis was told i had postnatal depression but there wasn't really a lot that could be done besides um trying just trying different things out so naturally i got put on waiting lists for um uh mental health clinics uh, i got put on antidepressant tablets as well they actually had a negative effect on me it was yeah it just wasn't for me I tried three different kinds and um I just decided like enough's enough this is actually making me feel considerably worse which was you know a real shame because I know plenty of people that it's worked for um just didn't for me for whatever reason um uh I I ended up getting some counseling which helped me understand a lot more about myself um, why I was feeling the way I do and why I react to certain things the way I do as well. Um, so I, I have a, I have an eating disorder as well. I'm a binge eater, which was just completely like um, just amplified by the postnatal depression. So I was binging a lot. Um, it wasn't really a comfort thing. It was more like abusing myself because of some people that yeah. they turn to like drink drugs, that kind of thing. It turns out that I, I turn to food and um so in learning that that's why I turned to food because that's something I didn't 
didn't understand before. It helps me to understand uh, a bit more about myself, why I react the way I do and, and kind of signs to look out for as well. Um, my workplace, I was having some, um, just some trouble settling into a new job as well at the beginning of 2020. And um, I ended up getting sent to um, occupational health, which was really, really um, supportive of my workplace. To do. They, were, they were very invested to do something like that. And um, I spoke to occupational health. They uh, uh, told me about what I've been doing, what was uh, my diagnosis, um, how I was feeling, things like that. And they said, look, look if you continue the way you you do, you're going to end up in psychiatric, um, in, in like mental health ward at hospital. Like, there's just no other way about it. And so they were very direct with me about that. And um, so I ended up getting a bit of time off work, which was really useful. And I ended up actually um, starting um, releasing music again, which was um, something really, really important to me. Um, I've, I've been playing music since I was uh, 12 years old. I uh, joined my first band when I was 16, did my first tour when I was 16. I've been playing with bands, doing tours, gigs, recording, all that kind of stuff ever since then. And in April 2019, I, I ended up quitting a band that I'd been, been a member of for five years. And I was the main source of finance for that band. I was the main songwriter, but did a lot of the production. I was the one finding all the gigs, doing all the marketing. So it was something I really put my heart and soul into. And it was a big part of my identity and what I, and just me as a person. And um, it was really all I did outside of the whole family and, and day job kind of life. Yeah. And, and um, it was all gone. Just, just, all in one moment, uh, as soon as I quit, um, it was just a real shame that that had to happen. But when, you know, when members of your band start turning up to gigs, uh, having drunk half a bottle of Southern Comfort or not turning up at all to gigs, you kind of start to reevaluate whether you want to be a part of it or not. And, um, um, so that was all gone. And, you know, I spent a year getting let down by the musicians trying to set something else up. And that really, really, um, just sort of made things worse for myself as well, where I just had no identity. I just felt like I didn't really, have you know much to live for really because I was you know I was struggling with postnatal depression so I wasn't forming that great of a relationship with my son either yeah so that that really wasn't giving me the kind of satisfaction that I needed in life um in order to kind of basically have a reason to to continue living so those thoughts of you know what's the point and suicide stuff like that it really does creep start creeping into your mind and then um June, June last year, whilst I was having some time off work um, for, for depression, I um, ended up just I started getting lessons from our guitar teacher and had some encouragement from, from those around me as well to start releasing music solo on my own. So now I make um, lo-fi hip-hop hop, chill hop beats, which is really great for people who are working from home, hint, hint. And, um, <laughs> and that's given me kind of a new identity in life. And it's been a huge um just huge benefit to myself where i'm able to kind of um have this outlet which is what it was at first just this therapy to be able to kind of express myself through music regardless of whether it's instrumental or not and um kind of tell my story to people and it was purely for me at first and then i started getting messages from people on on, on instagram especially from from all over the world like singapore and dubai places like yeah. that saying oh, i really like your music and you know we, i'm hearing your story and you, you know i'm i'm posting on instagram about the meaning behind songs people are like you yeah. know i get it i i i feel exactly the same and i know exactly what you mean and things like that and i was just like wow this is 
this is actually like making a difference to people. People are listening yeah. and people are like, you know, actually going out of their way to contact me to tell me about this stuff. And, you know, I only ever expected to get like, you know, like two people ever listened to my music. It was just purely just to, you know, just to, just to be creative. But then yeah. now I feel like almost this, this sense of like responsibility and opportunity to be able to go out there and tell, tell my story to the world and, and um, really make a difference and help, help people by kind of, promoting mental health awareness and essentially like what you're doing really providing resources for those who are you know going through it going you know who are struggling to be a parent because because of lockdown or because of depression or you know it's just a new experience to for them it's it's so important to, to have these stories and and um and provide resources and support to, to people so that that's kind of my my aim now and it's my my purpose in life, uh, I guess, is how I'm feeling at the moment. And now I'm having, you know, a really, really great relationship and time with with my son now because I've started to t- turn a corner yeah. on the depression side of things. So it's just, you know, things things have really been on the up. You know, I've been just hanging in there for for two and a half years, and now I feel like I'm kind of really, really making good progress in terms of my 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 life, my lifestyle, and um, and hopefully, kind of maybe making some, you know, starting some kind of movement would be great. Yeah. And that's something that's really important to, to point out to, to other people that for you, that is, that has been a journey of, of two years. So, yeah. And, and, you know, there's been ups and downs along that path, I'm sure, but it's taken two years before you've got to this point where you can actually feel like actually, you know, I'm doing something else now for me and, and that's putting me in a better place where you, like you say, you can build a better relationship with your son and stuff. 100 so percent. i mean it's not something that people can just if they're struggling they, they just get up go for a jog and all of a sudden the world's better the, the moment they get home for some people oh, maybe I wish. <laughs> for some people maybe that's how they work that's how they think but for a lot of people it's not that it's 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 a progression it's something you've got to work at you've got to be focused on you've got to love yourself set yourself a goal and a target even if it's just a small thing Absolutely. I mean, I think I think what one of the big misconceptions I think out there in the world in general is that happiness is just like this state that you enter and that's it, you're done. Yeah. But happy happiness is an emotion, just like when you're feeling sad or you're feeling frustrated or angry or upset, whatever. And you know, you you have that for a period of time, but then that's just not that's just one emotion of you know a huge world of emotions that are out there. So yeah, you'll feel happy for a bit, but then yeah, there will be times when you're feeling sad, and that's just normal. That's that's life. That's what happens. But you know, the thing what what, what my wife had always told me was that when you're in recovery from depression, and what we were aiming for simply was just we want the trends to be upwards and um, for things to be getting better. So rather than just feeling terrible all the time, you have that brief period of time where you're feeling you're feeling content, you're feeling, you, you know, everything's okay. And then you might feel terrible again for a while, but then next time you feel, you feel content, you feel at peace, you feel okay for a bit longer and then, in, you know, a bit longer and then a bit longer and then a bit longer. And then eventually maybe it's the next level where you're feeling quite actually happy and you're really, really good about yourself and about like your, your prospects and your future and, and, and the present as well. Yeah. And, um, and hopefully that trend sort of continues where those periods, you know, they feel better and they last longer. Um, but there's always going to be dips. I mean, I'm in recovery at the moment for um, for food addiction and relapse is kind of just part of the part of the process, really. But I hope that the relapses you know, are definitely getting shorter and shorter 
each day. I mean, I relapsed today, unfortunately, but it's, um, uh, I know that tomorrow is a new day and I'm, I'm in a state of mind at the moment where tomorrow is a new day and I know that I'm going to be all right tomorrow. And um, those relapses are getting shorter and shorter each time and they're happening less frequently as well, which is the really, really important part for me. Yeah. If you think back a little bit, was was depression something you had experienced or, or maybe you didn't notice pre your son being born or something you've experienced before in your life? It's something that I might maybe had experienced, but not really, not really put a name to it or, or, or gone and got a diagnosis or anything like that. So I grew up in a fairly, fairly old school, traditional uh, kind of household. Like my, my dad was the main, main breadwinner. I mean, my mum worked as well, of course, but um, um, there was uh, a lot of, a lot of kind of, you know like testosterone going on in the house um, my mum was the was the only um was the only woman in the household i i i as well as her i had a dad and a brother so there was a lot of testosterone going around and um competitiveness and there was kind of um you know grow, growing up the um unlike you know today it's only very recently where mental health is becoming a more accepted kind of thing that really does exist yeah, and so I grew up where it was like, "I'll oh, pull yourself together. I'll, you know, be a be a man." And you know, it's a bit, you know, it's a sign of weakness if you if you get sad and stuff like that. So, uh, and and people telling me that you know, mental health and depression and stuff like that doesn't even exist, which is a really really dangerous thing to to, to teach people. And um, so I probably was depressed through through my time at school. I mean, I uh, um, I, I was bullied a lot. I don't remember a single day of school where I wasn't bullied. I um I ended up finding a lot of kind of peace and solace in, in, in playing guitar. And um so when everybody else was outside playing football and, and enjoying the sunshine and stuff like that during like lunch times, all that, I was um I'd hide away in a music practice room with the lights off because I wasn't supposed to be in there and there's no windows in there either. Um with a very like small torch being able to read sheet music and practicing in there and not having any human contact um yeah. for most most days and uh uh admittedly it's you know helped helped me to obviously make progress you know progress yeah. my guitar playing but at the same time I missed out on a lot of social development and I didn't you know I didn't want to interact with other people I had very you know I was very very quiet I went days of my life without even speaking and um you know it was it was really tough I used to lash out a lot as well and you know just just because I was just so angry but I didn't understand what emotions I was feeling. And I just, uh, you know, I just felt a certain way and I, but I couldn't explain it. And yeah. so counseling later in my life is something that's helped me to really understand a lot of this, a lot of this stuff. And then when I went to um, college after I graduated school, the bullying stopped. I was around like-minded people who wanted to do the same thing as me. They wanted to play music. They wanted to learn. They wanted to, you know, write me, um, you know, jam, play their instruments, write music, all that kind of stuff. So, instantly my personality and my whole demeanor just changed instantly i was became very talkative i um you know wanted to interact with people I became very social all that kind of stuff so you know things like environment make such a big difference yeah um, to anybody's life just if you're in a much more like kind of loving and nurturing environment you know it's not an unusual thing is it for sort of kids of that kids as they go into college to find that they they, they naturally because at school it's quite regimented and you get put into classes and you don't always get a choice of who you're with and it's 
whereas when you get college, it's it's more of what you want to do. And if you're on a music yeah. course, there's going to be a lot of other kids on a music course that are probably similar minded, and and that's where you know a lot of people find more of more about themselves and more of who they are and where they want to be and the people that uh, are interested in the same things as them yeah absolutely we all had like common goals in terms of what we wanted to do unfortunately i was all you know we all wanted to be rock stars all that kind yeah. of thing uh you know being 16 years old and very very overexcited about you know um joining joining bands for the first time going on tours for the first time all that kind of stuff so yeah yeah you know, I, I was 16 when i had my first when i went on my first tour it was 10 weeks and it was amazing i had a great time and uh you know plenty of stories plenty of pranks were pulled all that kind of stuff because i watched jackass as mentioned yeah, earlier. yeah. So. <laughs> 16 year olds on tour it is basically jackass isn't it <laughs> if you watch yeah, jackass exactly. that's what jackass was when you were a kid watching it so it's like i mean that's a brave thing to do at 16 isn't it i mean i wouldn't i don't think i would have done that i i always had aspirations of being in a band I played in school bands but um I never really kept up with it as as a couple of my friends did who still play in bands now or work in production and stuff now. So um, while they might have been doing some gigs and, and jamming with the, the mates over the weekend, I was, you know, I, well, I went straight into work and went into, straight into a job. So I'd work away quite a lot, but I was working with, I was 16, 17, and was working with men, adults. So we'd, we'd go <laughs> and work and then, we'd go into our digs wherever we were booked into if I was working away and then have something to eat and get a beer or two and then you go to bed and then straight up for work next day so we kind of fell into that life for a few years while my mates were all at college um enjoying themselves which I should have done <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean I mean I can't uh come out coming for everybody who goes into I mean I, yeah we had, we had a great time but uh I will probably say that you'll probably live a lot longer <laughs> than we will. I think going on tour takes a few years off your life, you know. Yeah. It's like it's like uh, it's like doing like heavy drugs or smoking or something. Where they say like, yeah, isn't it that expression that like for every cigarette you smoke it takes two minutes off your life or something? It's probably yeah, yeah. Like for every toy you go on, it probably takes like five years off your life. <laughs> so you just, you're living on a diet of just just like junk foods and um and alcohol and if if you are lucky and you're able to kind of like get a rider together for the for the venue and you can get some like fruit or something like that but you're mostly <laughs> yeah. of like peanut butter which i've yet to have since i've since uh, uh since that tour because we were yeah. just living peanut butter the whole yeah. time because you're in a van and like no fridge no nothing so it's just like all right this doesn't go off we'll just get like jars jars of this and it's just it's yeah. lasting after a while <laughs> and tin stuff and it's like being at a festival but for a prolonged period of time not just a weekend <laughs> yeah exactly yeah 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 you, you wake you wake up as well and like it's like a layer a thin layer of frost in your sleeping bag and you just like yeah yeah I've, I've slept in a few vans i've um when i was working yeah and we couldn't afford hotels we would sleep in a van on a campsite so <laughs> i've had a bit of tour life but not as uh not the uh the enjoyable part the plane in the band <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, i mean i i, I was hoping I, I was wondering if you were going to say glamorous because i was going to say it's not it's not too glamorous it's uh it's romanticized but yeah yeah well it's all part of the fun <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know if i could do it now as a a dad of two and being you know feeling a bit old nowadays even though I'm not, it's just you know when you wake up and things ache and hurt and creak when you get out of bed yeah i, I mean, don't I mean, waking up in the back of a van wouldn't be as fun 
yeah i mean i'm 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 very very much in my 20s still that's for sure so um like it's yeah people 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 you know my age who, who you know would only graduate university like you know a couple of years ago um i still like very much going out on tour like people i studied with um played at the download festival pilot um, yeah. so they're still living still living the tour life i mean i'd love to play play live shows again um but um because i'm just focusing on myself on the music side side of things just it's just me yeah um, it's purely studio studio work at the moment but it's been great fun you know i've been writing loads of music and i love processes rather than outcomes anyway so the process of writing a writing a piece of music is so much fun to me i really really yeah. enjoy it and try to push myself as a songwriter so um yeah that's 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 kind of how it, how it's been lately everybody's <laughs> had to had to obviously stop touring and stop yeah. playing because of because of covid and all the lockdowns as well and some artists have found it um I found it good fun because it's been a chance for them to like reevaluate things, think things over, and um, re kind of re kind of strategize and think about what they're 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 doing as a as a unit, and write some really great music. I mean, I've heard you know some bands who are getting ready to release music they've been doing during lockdown, and it's just phenomenal. It's like for the yeah. most part, it's been like best music that these bands have ever ever been working on. Bands like um, you know, bands like Kill the Ideal and yonica and and uh, of course of course um i don't know them personally but i maiden as well obviously been working on new new music and yeah. um they released the new single and I, I love it i think it's the best thing they've done for like 10 15 years yeah but that's the thing for a lot of these bands and artists they've had all this time to lock themselves away in a studio with no pressures of upcoming tours and festivals and, and they've got to be here there and everywhere doing these um publicity really so you might you might see now for for some of these artists and bands that you might get three or four albums out of them over the next few years that are really different and or good quality and because they've just had that time to sit and, and just make music which yeah they yeah, don't absolutely. normally get they get a, a allotted amount of time before the next album needs to be released most of in most cases um unless they're still independent or on their own labels and stuff <laughs> but um well, and, even even then, you got to kind of keep keep with the schedule. I'm fully independent artist, but I'm still trying to release music on a regular basis because, yeah. like the, that that kind of interest, you want to capitalize on that interest. And yeah, you've got to uh, keep, I quite keep a, people there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I I in January I released my third album, and um, it was um, my my most successful album so far. Um, you know, I've been releasing music every um, a new album every three months from July third was my first album, and then I released another one in October last year, and then um, my third album came in January this year. And um, each time, each kind of cycle I've done with an album, like my my number of listeners on Spotify has just sort of gone up and up and up. And um, but I left it quite a while between the album that I did in uh, I released in in January. Uh, which is called Memories, and releasing anything new, which was um, at the end of last month, I think it was. I think it was June twenty. Yeah, June twenty fifth was um, my my latest release, which was a, a single called Lost Identity, which kind of focuses on that period I was talking about before, where I yeah. quit quit my band and um, uh, uh, um, was sort of struggling to sort of find any meaning in life and that all that suicidal kind of thoughts and stuff like that. So. Um, but that because there was that huge gap of five months, uh, a lot of interest was lost actually, and and so it feels like I'm sort of starting 
not not from scratch again luckily because i still have the fan base but um yeah but it's definitely i've definitely noticed the difference how do you find how do you find um finding the time to to write and record and and produce all your own stuff when you're at home with your wife and son is it something you have to do late at night or do you have somewhere a separate space you can go no no it's it's uh, for the most part it's late at night so um we'll uh, I, I mean, I'm quite, I'm quite, I'm quite fortunate in that um, we get in trouble for this. So we'll, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll do bedtime with my son and have have dinner. My wife and I have dinner together, and we'll watch something on the TV or whatever. And uh, she'll like, very often fall asleep on the sofa. So that's where the like laptop comes out, yeah. headphones in, start making beats and um, and and writing, recording music. She'll just be there, like, yeah. Unfortunately, so. Uh, Sorry, sorry to reveal this uh, to ever, to the whole world, but you should be snoring uh, <laughs> next to me. <laughs> and uh, sometimes I'll like sort of like um, wake wake her up and be like, "Oh, what do you think about this?" So I'm, like, I'm too tired; I can't form an opinion. And, yeah, yeah. And anything right now, like show me the morning or something like that. And uh, yeah, but it, it is just those um, sort of sacrifices and, and and scheduling that you have to do. I mean, obviously, we you know the the term. Uh, I, I don't even know if it's um, really that much of an accepted term, but I've, I've seen the word mumpreneur um, used before. I mean, that's a, a you know, I think just entrepreneur is just, you know, yeah. is, is uh, yeah, it's just being an entrepreneur. And, um, but with, you know, obviously people who do that, you know, um, become an entrepreneur when you're a parent or, or, or starting a business or, or doing anything really, it, 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 it's down to good scheduling you know you had to obviously schedule your time and, and be be organized before you had a child but now you have to kind of take it to the next level and definitely that's what i've had, had to go through and i think it's a really big uh kind of a big trap that a lot of parents might fall into um uh, some of some of my my friends who are parents certainly did the same similar things where they uh just they had the they had a child and then they just stopped doing anything with their lives so they might have been quite you know uh, going to the gym a lot or, or um, you know, playing on, on a local football team or something like that. And that's a big part of their identity and what they, yeah. what they do and who they are. So when you, when you stop that, you, um, you're cutting out part of your identity and that, that can, that can be really tough on people. So it's so important to try, at least, at least for me, it was, you know, I know that there's no grand narrative or one, one size fits all solution for everybody, but I think it's so important to try and have something that gives you, you know, a bit of satisfaction from life and, and just gets you away from everything as well. So being able to, you know, for yourself, obviously, you know, putting, um, putting your child down to sleep and then doing, doing the podcast, that's yeah. really, really great thing to do. And, um, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just like the, the parents who start their own businesses and stuff like that. Yeah. When, when they become parents, it's this identity, it's meaning, it's, you know, some something that to, to 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 do give you give you purpose, and it's it's so great to see something like this available. Yeah, I definitely found something similar because when I started in January, my wife was still pregnant, quite heavily pregnant by that stage. Um, but we got to the you know we got to the point where my son would go to bed at you know bedtime routine wasn't it was a bit of a trial sometimes, but it wasn't too bad. <laughs> go to bed by sort of relatively the same time every night the wife would start to feel tired not long after he'd gone bed so then naturally especially <laughs> the week, at, the, at the weekends and we were in a lockdown i could say well why don't you go bed early and i'll go and 
sit in the dining room, I'll have a couple of beers and I'll chat to one of my mates and we'll record a podcast episode. And that's kind of where it came from when it started. And it was really, nobody had a lot going on. So it was easy to plan, easy to organise and yeah. schedule for people. And uh, obviously now places are open, people are going to work, they're working a lot more, they're going into the office and that kind of stuff. And uh, and, and we've got the baby and, and my son's bedtime it still needs to happen. And, you know, at the moment we're playing a case of um, past the baby at times because... Uh, yeah. You know, especially in the heat, he doesn't want to be lying on his own. He wants to be with us. But obviously there's only so much you can do with having a baby on you all the time when yeah, you're trying yeah. to get things done. You know what I mean? So but you need that freedom as well. I mean, it's yeah. good. It's good. Oh, he's a past baby. I mean, there's times when, you know, my wife wants to go out and socialize with her friends. So, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take him for the day, evening, whenever it is. And she'll do the same back to me. And it's just so yeah. useful when, when, that option is available to you yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's teamwork it's absolute teamwork and i'm so lucky to have a support network like that yeah around. it's just it it's just got got to be really it's just got to be a bit of a relay race that's, that's the way i describe it um yeah and pass the baby as well <laughs> but yeah obviously. absolutely i mean i've got plenty to make up for because obviously <laughs> you're struggling with depression and everything she you know i was getting so lucky i'm gonna keep saying that over and over again so lucky that you know, she was willing to like just just take him and be like, look, just you know, you you need to sort you know do whatever you need to do, to sort yourself out. And yeah, so fortunate to to be able to have that. And you know, um, she's been so understanding. It was so useful. Yeah. Well, coming back onto the 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 topic, really, um, at that sort of that sort of stage, then you you talked a little bit about possibly feelings of undiagnosed depression while you were younger and that kind of stuff. But around the time that you can you recall a time where it started when after your son was born and, and what, you know, for anyone listening that might be struggling, what it looked like, what the symptoms were? Do you Can you look back now and picture that and, and what the processes and steps were that people should start to look for? You know, I can kind of pinpoint the day in which I think it sort of set in and it happened was I just had a really bad day at work uh, and it was just one of those uh, cases of, like I've got a wife and kid at home and I don't, you know, yeah, you know, why am I why am I here? Um uh like kind of listening to like your your issues. Um in that uh I, I, I was working um a marketing job um for uh for a for a client through like uh as part of an agency and um it was just uh they they'd been a been an exceptionally different difficult client. Let's, let's, just, let's just leave it at that, I guess, in terms of what they were like. And, um, um, and uh, yeah, I just remember coming home and just being like, I, I just, you know, just, just leaving work and just being like, I don't need this. This is, this is awful. And then very quickly from there, I started just losing interest in everything. Um, I just uh, didn't, didn't really want to do anything. I didn't want to see people. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't, you know, and then, it sort of spiraled from there where, you know, there were certain times where I just didn't even want to get out of bed and um, just didn't. And things were just becoming a lot more just almost annoying. So my tolerance to, um, you know, unfortunately like baby screaming or something like that was considerably lower. And then my, uh, the way that my counseling kind of put it to me was like my capacity to love uh, sort of diminished in that period of time as well. So what happened was, you know, you need a certain amount of love, you know, to obviously like spread out to those around you. So 
um you know things like love you know imagine it as like you know you've got like 20 quid and you're trying to divide that money out to a bunch of people or something like that and um you know you you need you need a certain amount of love for yourself you know you want to love yourself enough to not you know uh turn to like alcohol or binge eating or drugs or whatever um and that's like the first thing so if i didn't have enough capacity to love myself to the point of where i'm not abusing my body through food then i don't really have the capacity to quote unquote you know show love and affection and understanding and empathy things like that to you know my wife my child friends family anybody because you know i'm, I'm not even loving loving myself right now yeah if yeah you know i it wasn't just about uh not you know not 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 loving my family or my son or my, my, my wife or anything like that i wasn't even loving myself yeah. so like, that's where, where it starts yeah yeah that is all, where it all starts and that that was kind of the big warning sign and the big kind of that's that's how i remember how it felt and what it looked like yeah in those like early days of the postnatal depression yeah before all of that it was quite traumatic in terms of um the birth was quite traumatic because um i'm sure anybody listening might remember the word meconium and potentially that <laughs> happening before birth yeah so that happened Cord was wrapped around his neck as well yeah, right, okay um, and uh, my wife was really really ill after um after the birth so you know paternity leave you get two weeks and yeah. the first week and a bit was spent um you know my wife was basically bed bound uh, she ended up going back to hospital um uh, 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 after the first week um because you know it, it, there was a lot of ignorance going on in my part and us being a bit naive because my my kind of argument was well no wonder you're like you know bed bound and feeling ill and stuff like that you just pushed a whole human out of your body yeah. but when the community midwife came it was like to yeah, they do the visit after like a week or something. Yeah. Uh, it was like, no, this isn't right. You know, go to hospital. So right. we went there and it turned out she was severely ill. Yeah. And so um, I was kind of, you know, sort of solo parenting for the first week and a bit. She was absolutely bed bound, but um, she naturally did spend some time with him and stuff as well. And um, I, I felt a lot of pressure to try and, um, you know, support, provide for and, um, and kind of, develop relationships and stuff like that with, with my son in the two weeks paternity leave that, that you get and also make sure that my wife felt confident and, and ready to to basically have me going back to work so feeling like she could you know felt confident in going out in public with um with with our son changing a nappy in a public you know a public changing room and um going on the bus train that kind of stuff uh, and so I only had a, like a few days to to sort of help out with all that. Yeah, yeah. And that was really, really tough. And so I think that made, you know, the whole the whole thing worse and probably did help. You know, was part of the trigger for the postnatal depression as well. Just like this, this, <laughs> you know, just very, very eventful, dramatic start to parenthood. Yeah. And, and rushing back into what is normal life, really, but... Once you've had a child, anyone realizes there is no normal life after having a kid. It's it changes, and that's it. It's <laughs> it, it's so different. It's it's very different, definitely. And it, because it because it was my first time, and I'd never, I've never been an uncle or anything like that before. I was the first um, on on both my side and my wife's side. We were the first right. generation to to have kids. Yeah. So, um, 
yeah we we had no idea what to kind of expect going into it so we had no like you know, nobody nobody like gave us a manual or a, yeah. or a handbook or anything like that on, on what to do yeah <laughs> yeah what um for anybody that might experience something similar to what you did what what would you tell them to do who would you tell them to go and speak to um obviously i know you've mentioned about experiences that were, were quite negative at certain times reflecting on yeah. that what would you tell them to do maybe differently or who would they speak to if they needed to i i think personally um the first thing that anybody should do is go go see a gp um there is no unfortunately there's no grand narrative there's no one size fits all you know ultimate answer to to post-natal depression or any kind of pressure or anything in life really so what worked for me might not necessarily work for the next person that's you know yeah yeah your gp can help you to explore the options available to you so i i tried um medicating it you know taking taking antidepressants it didn't work for me but at least i tried it and i was able to tick that one off the list i've had counseling um and that that was useful that helped me to understand a lot a lot of um, things about myself and about um, where I was feeling, things like that. So it was useful. Um, but the ultimate thing that happened, you know, I also tried meditation and exercise, things like that. I mean, I've always loved exercise and that kind of stuff for anyways, but it wasn't, it wasn't really giving me what I needed. And what I really needed in the end was that identity and that kind of uh, doing the music. Basically that was really, really what saved me. And um you know a lot of people as i said before will sort of give up stuff that they're doing when they become a parent and i think it's so important when you're an adult when you're a parent to have these these hobbies these um activities that define who you are as a person whether you like um you like studying you know philosophy or whether you like you know a certain sport or whether it's you know a musical instrument like like myself and you um and just making sure that you do set aside time to do that kind of thing really because a lot of people will give it up even even when you like started you know go go out into the working world you might start slowly giving that stuff up as um the the adult stuff and and yeah. work and stuff like that sort of creeps up and your your sort of hobbies and, and and things like that sort of you know fall down priority lists but you should make um make them a priority and set aside time for that kind of thing so for anybody listening you know think think about you know definitely go go see a gp and think about um as well think about what you maybe used to do when when you were a child even or or you know even stuff that you're doing recently when you really enjoyed and you know if you had all the time in the world would you do it again if yes then do it you know nothing yeah. not there's nothing to stop you from doing it um for for the most part within reason of course but yeah. um it's it's so important to just try and do something that that gives gives you identity gives you purpose and gives you satisfaction and happiness you know it's okay to say that you want to do something that gives you a bit of time away from your child as well you know it takes a village it takes a tribe to raise a child it's not you know it's not something that was intended for one person to, to to do to raise a child. So, you know, you need that time for yourself. And if anybody judges you, they clearly just don't. They don't know. They're probably not even a parent themselves. Yeah. So yeah, that, no, that's I, what I recommend to everybody. Absolutely. I've I've talked about hobbies and interests before. Um, 
on the podcast on other social media platforms yeah, that I use and um, I mean one of my massive ones which I started just after my son was born my first son <clears throat> was martial arts and I did that for yeah. four years and we did that I did that you know you know some weeks it would be twice a week other weeks it might be four times a week depending on sort of availability and what maybe my wife had on and, and that kind of thing but That's such a good one That's hit, such a good one yeah and hitting lockdown it was all taken away and it was it, it was online classes and things but it just wasn't the same and I wasn't in a position at the time to, to set myself up and do it properly we were in the middle of renovating the house and stuff and I just couldn't find a place that was suitable but then obviously I set this up and now this has taken over some of my evenings and this has become a hobby and an interest of mine to do now and 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 I'm, I'm working on getting the balance because I want to go back and do what I used to do. But I also have got an extra child now I need to look after. And, yeah, and, yeah. And I've got a podcast. I'm trying to balance everything. But it it's something, it's an outlet. It's somewhere. And, Absolutely. you know, even though places are opening up now, the football's just finished and, and I met up with my mates once or twice and we watched a few matches. But as a as a younger person before we had kids, we'd we'd be out and seeing friends, going out for you know dinner dates and and going out drinking and that kind of stuff, seeing bands, going to gigs. As as you yeah. have kids and you can't do that so much, so you have to sort of pick and choose a little bit. But you still need that outlet. You still need to pick something, choose yeah. something. Um, absolutely, absolutely, it's so important, and I think. Um, it was really cool that you actually brought up martial arts because I, I, I actually had meant to say earlier as well is that anybody you know anybody listening who, who who would like to take up an activity maybe doesn't know what what to do I think martial arts is a really really good um, starting point that I would recommend to anybody it's something that I I explored a little bit last year as well actually which is something I've never done before martial arts but yeah. you know um, you don't you know, a lot of people, there is this misconception that you have to be in, in shape or flexible or whatever in order to do a martial art, but you don't. I mean, um, I was uh, trying to study uh, Wing Chun a little bit last year, which is um, obviously made famous by Bruce Lee, especially. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's not It's not about the combat. You know, it's about things like there's philosophy in there, there's meditation yeah. in there as well. And there's also um, just just movement and things like that. You know, there are people in their, their 80s and 90s who, who still study and practice martial arts and it's just all about you know like fluid movements and and things like that in order to just um basically sort of get their body moving their, yeah and their muscles working so um you know in in wing chun there's um uh ip chun i think it is who's uh, i always get confused between ip chun and ip man but i think it's ip chun who's uh, still alive today he's i yeah. think chun, um like on a daily basis i think and uh, I think that's so inspirational and that's something that can, uh, uh, you know, if you don't know what to try, try that, you know, yeah. there's no harm in trying something and suddenly you don't like it. I mean, I've decided, you know, having, having found like this identity through music and, and finding out how much I enjoy that, I've decided that things that I always wanted to do in my life to try, I, I want to try them and see, you know, see what yeah. they're like and, and, and how it all goes. So uh, later this year, I'm going to try, um, you know, going down and practicing boxing, going down yeah. boxing gym, doing that kind of thing, maybe even participating in a fight or two. That'd be like, oh yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed that. So yeah. maybe I might do a bit more or no, yeah. I didn't enjoy that. So I'll just leave it at that. But at least like I said, I did it. Yeah, that's you it. Know. Got to try it. Try. <laughs> yeah. 
And so you tried the podcast and you found out you, you enjoy it, which is brilliant because that means we get this great resource. So thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm five years ago when I started. Well, you know, maybe a sad tale, but five years ago when I started, I was probably in a similar shape to what I'm in now, if I'm all, all honesty. Um, you know, out of shape, not great, not really doing a lot, um, spending too many nights sat up with a baby eating and drinking and watching TV while I was doing the night shift as it were, um, <laughs> that kind of thing, yeah, you know, um, we, we'd have too many takeaways. We would sit in at the weekend, we'd watch a film and have a takeaway and put the fire on in the winter and we'd just get comfortable basically. Um, yeah. And then and I decided to go into martial arts and do that. And like you say, it's not necessarily, you have to be super fit to start, but, depending on what 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 format you choose you you become fit while you're doing it i mean i did it five years ago and and i was fit at one stage um lockdowns haven't helped and and uh, you know took me eye off the ball in terms of uh, i've had other stuff to do like say renovating the house and when you get hope when you, you get back from working at the house you finish at 10 half 10 and you get home and just whatever's in the fridge or or if a plate's been left in the oven We'll just eat that and then go to bed. And, you know, that's not necessarily healthy. And, and you do tend to pack on the pounds when you do that, don't you? But um, I'm, I'm hoping to strike that balance back again and I can get back to it and get a bit of uh, fitness back as well, a bit healthier. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so important to just sort of not um, not give up when you have maybe that, the you know, you have, you know people have that, period yeah periods where things are just really busy and you just don't have time to do to do anything and you you know as you said you come home from work half past 10 at night and yeah, yeah. You, know, you don't want to go to the gym you, or or you know practice tai chi or whatever you, know, you yeah. just want to go you just want to go to bed have something to eat go to bed and that that is okay those periods happen and as long as you can accept that happening and be like that's okay you know I, tomorrow's next day and it's going to be okay or this period is not going to last forever yeah that that's where motivation comes from rather than being something that i've been a victim of before definitely is wanting to be all or nothing yeah you know it's it's everything or nothing you know it has to be perfect or no point in doing it yeah hobbies and interests very important i keep saying it (laughs) i need to remember myself you know i'm not i'm not perfect (laughs) i have to remind myself daily that i need to do things um, oh yeah, I fall I fall victim to that sort of thing all the time. So there are times where I I will go, you know, a short period of time, you know, a, a couple of weeks or something without doing anything, any kind of music. And I need to remind myself, like, no, you you need to, you know, like remember to do this because you, you know you enjoy it, you know, it makes you feel good and it's yeah. it's good fun, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, cool, let's just you know put something in the diary or whatever, and and yeah. and, and do it. Um, yeah. it's not just like, oh no, I haven't done it for two weeks and you know, this is terrible. I just, I just don't have the time. Let's just stop. You know, yeah. That's, you know, it, it's just, okay, right. When, when, when can I do it? Okay, great. I can make some time here. Yeah. So naturally it means I've fallen behind very much on my Netflix and yeah. uh, box sets, but, <laughs> but, uh, but I've, but I've been making music instead. So yeah, yeah. trade off. That's it. <laughs> They'll always be there. They'll fall back on in, in the future. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, just won't. Uh, I won't let my wife start anything new though until uh, well, that's it. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, because because I want to watch it with her. I'll be yeah. like, oh no, I need to need to see this. So she's at the moment she's watching um, Mad Men. 
over yeah. again because we we watched that one before and I absolutely absolutely loved it. But because I've seen it before, it's okay that she can watch it again. Yeah. Not that I'm like controlling or, or anything <laughs> like that. It's just it's just like I don't I don't want to walk in halfway through like oh she sees it and be like oh can we start again please because yeah. I haven't seen it and I really want to see this. Yeah, I started Mad Men and I still haven't finished it yet, but um, it's not something that my wife's too into, so I, I have to just sort of watch it whenever I get some free chance free time on my own. It was something my brother in law recommended. Um, yeah. and I've been trying to catch up ever since but um, I just keep coming back to it um, whenever I've got a free night or whatever if she's going out for a meal or whatever with her friends and I've got I've put my son to bed and I'll just sit and watch an episode there before she gets home so um, yeah I was going to say I won't spoil anything for you but um, <laughs> uh, I will say that it's arguably my, at least in my opinion my you know not being a movie critic at all but it's one of the best finales to um, a season ever I thought one of my friends yeah, did really say that, it. yeah. Yeah, I really liked it. It's quite. I think. I think opinion is quite split on 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 the the kind of ending to it. But I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was yeah. really brilliant. That and Breaking Bad are such good endings to to the series. Yeah, well, I'll get there one day. I'll catch up. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me let me know, man. Just give me just give me a call. Like, yeah, I've seen, I've seen it over. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be, I'll be having to ring three people because. They've all been saying and recommending and telling me to carry on watching it. So I will, I will do. <laughs> um, before we sort of finish off, I'll just sort of come back to the music a little bit and, and you know, tell us where we can find you and, and that kind of stuff. Ah, my opportunity to plug my music. Yeah, Thank you yeah. so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, my music is available on all major online platforms. So that's um, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Deezer, um, Tidal, if anybody uses that, um, uh, all, all available on there. Uh, the name is Confidential. Um, no weird spellings. It's yeah, normal spelling for Confidential. It's um, it's lo-fi hip hop, chill hop music uh, with a lot of emphasis on the guitar. I was trained as a classical guitarist, so um, that's kind of what sets me apart, I guess. That's my my unique selling point there. Yeah. And um, it's you know, if you don't know what lo-fi chill hop is, it's basically music that's designed for when you're studying or working or trying to just chill out um to have on in the background so um please do give me a follow on spotify instagram uh facebook wherever wherever you are and um and yeah i i, I hope it helps you be more productive at work i'll have to start I, I have listened to bits and pieces um since we first started talking um yeah but any favorites <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty uh, on the spot now. Yeah, definitely. I, I probably can't remember the name. The latest, the late, the latest. Um, what did you say? The latest album was called Lost, oh, Lost Identity. Lost, was the yeah. latest, latest single. Yeah, single. Yeah, that's that's one that sort of stood out. Um, but I, I'll have to start going back and putting that on while I'm working because I tend to listen to a lot of podcasts while I'm working, and I just get so easily distracted and. I start I find myself making notes and and drifting off and <laughs> thinking about guests and and all that kind of stuff while I'm supposed to be being productive and working. So if I had something like your music on, I wouldn't start thinking about other things. I'd just be, you know, relaxed and uh, carry on working. <laughs> See, I've got I've got the same issue as you, but the other way around. Where I'll, I'll be listening to Chill Hop whilst working, yeah. but because obviously. It's the music I make and, and being a musician, yeah. I'll get so distracted and be like, oh, I like what they did there. Yeah. And I'll yeah. rewind and be like, how'd they get that sound? Oh, that's so cool. And like, 
then yeah. it's just like okay i can't i can't do this while working anymore <laughs> no that's it yeah <laughs> so, and, and, and discovering your podcast podcasts are like what well, listen to what's working yeah the thing is people seem to have had a few people i speak to said that they're having a bit of a summer break in terms of podcasting but um i did consider it just because of everybody being busy and trying to struggle to schedule people in and that kind of stuff but um just felt like I'd kind of lose a little bit of ground of what we've started if I took a break. So I've, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to plow through and just keep things going. I mean, it's not, it's not a weekly podcast. It's a fortnightly thing, um, as best as I can do. But um, we're getting by. We're keeping guests going, and and I've always got the solo episodes to fall back on. And uh, I'm working on uh, working on that man cave slash studio that I can set up in the garage where I can hide away a little bit there. Yeah, that would be fun when that's done. I would love. To, I, I wish I had like my own kind of room for like recording and stuff in the um the, in the flat. It's just it's just set up in the corner of the living room. So yeah, like my 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 area. <laughs> and uh, and uh, but it's cool though. Like the equipment's there there to use, so it's easy for me to um be able to you know write and record music, which is really great. So. Um, this week I'm, I'm mix, doing a lot of mixing on guitars on on the album I'm working on at the moment. So Lost yeah. Identity, which is um, the single that's just come out, yeah. that's um, that's the first single from what's going to be my fourth album uh, coming later this year. I've got another single coming out on the 30th of July called Kickstart, which um, is really really trying to showcase what you can expect from the album, which is to expect the unexpected. Okay. So it's very different to um to lost identity in terms of like the energy and the message and yeah um the the, the instruments used as well so lost identity had you know, a little bit of guitar in it um kickstart a lot more guitar in it so yeah it's definitely i'm really excited to kind of hear what people are, are thinking about it i'll make sure to send send you a whatsapp afterwards and <laughs> after it's out what do you think of this yeah yeah oh that's fine has your has your son shown any interest in music and guitar or he loves um there's a local um uh kind of music music performer that specializes in in, in early years so uh, yeah. shout out to music mike um in in brighton absolutely, absolutely brilliant yeah. brilliant guy really really great guy and also a very tasty player as i always say to my wife and um he he, he absolutely loves music mike and um uh you know like nursery rhymes and stuff like that of course i i'm looking forward to one day when he'll realize that the music that his mum plays plays to him on spotify is actually like my music because she'll say like oh we're gonna like let's listen to dada's music and he'll say yeah great let's listen to daddy's music and anytime we put on any like hip-hop he'll say it's daddy's music but what he doesn't realize is that sometimes really is daddy's music and uh, really uh, that really is me yeah (laughs) that's good though yeah yeah i mean we called to like tell him that one day i mean we're we're growing up he's definitely growing up in quite a musical household my wife loves music as well she um she used to sing choirs things like that and um i was very very particular about what music i wanted him to to hear um when we took him home from the hospital yeah so uh we did uh pete's Trementals, the the pete rock album yeah is what i played when we drove him home from the hospital and so for his first birthday i bought him the pete's Trementals album on vinyl and then framed it and it's hanging in his room so i'll be able to tell him like oh yeah like first bit of music you heard after after you were born was this, yeah. and um, like I have to actually buy a record player oh, at yeah. some point and then put it on, and this like these are the first sounds you heard in the real world. No, oh, that's great. 
Yeah, my, yeah. my guitars are locked up in a cupboard that my son keeps trying to find. So we thought it'd be a good idea to get <laughs> get him a little guitar for Christmas. Then then he'll play that. He'll mess about with that and bash it about, and he won't drag mine around the house. Um, <laughs> but we, he's getting more use out of them than I do, if I'm honest. But um, yeah, he'll 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 play a bit. Not not play, but he'll play around with it and sing his own little songs. And I think I'm sure he's destined to be in a punk band. He's he's got yes. he's got the attitude of a, of a a punk frontman, I think. And he, he cool, and he man. sings songs about me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping that's positive, right? <laughs> no, well, daddy's stupid, and uh, <laughs> so he's destined to be in a punk. He does that on purpose. He knows. <laughs> Just there for wide up. Yeah, hey, hey, yeah. Cool. That's cool, though. That's cool. Like, <laughs> um, you know, it, all, it has to start from somewhere and that just sort of picking it up and mucking around with it. I mean, you know, Rob, uh, Robert Johnson, you know, the famous blues guitarist from the early 1900s, he just, he, there, there are stories being told by artists like Sunhouse, um, one, who's one of my favorite blues guitarists, um, saying how, you know, Sunhouse was like the, the kind of like the big name guy at the time. And uh, Robert Johnson, like, after, after, performing a gig you just leave the guitar on stage robert johnson would pick up the guitar and just be the most awful thing you'd ever heard and uh it was like really terrible sort of don't quit your day job type thing yeah and then they sunhouse leaves town for a year two years and comes back robert johnson is the most incredible player that he's ever heard in his life at that point because you know there's the, the story being that he sold his soul to the devil for uh for you know amazing guitar abilities yeah. reality is he just like practice really really hard yeah. At, yeah. at the local graveyard for a year but <laughs> it's still all the all the cool stories but it started from robert johnson just like you know plucking away terribly at a guitar showing that interest and then yeah that, you know that that passion grew into the the wonderful influence that he has yeah had i'm gonna that's another thing i keep saying i'm gonna get back into but i mean it's time it's finding time but maybe when he's a little bit older and he can actually get his hand around the neck a bit better, we we can set up some lessons and we'll do it together again, like I did with my dad when I first started. Oh, that would be great! I remember <laughs> um, I taught, uh, I did did uh, provide guitar lessons for a little while whilst at um, whilst at university, so just you know a bit of pocket money each week. And one of um, one of one of my students was um, a father son duo, and uh, the, the the father had been a guitar player and and was yeah, pretty talented, really good, yeah. and his son. Um, was uh, like never even like picked up one before so it was um like really really cool to yeah. sort of see them like trying to bond and in in that way and um it, it, yeah it was a lot of fun i really enjoyed it and um his, his son was actually super talented as well so i was quite i was quite upset when they um stopped getting lessons you get so invested in your students yeah definitely yeah i had a really good teacher at that stage and he went off to play in a band and um i had to get a different teacher and he wasn't as good <laughs> He it just make, wanted, makes a huge difference. Yeah, he just wanted to teach. He just wanted to teach the things he liked, and he wasn't really interested in what we wanted to learn. <laughs> and he, and he, he'd turn up late and just didn't really care. <laughs> it's like, oh no, yeah. yeah. I, I, I've had my, my first ever guitar teacher was like that, so I very nearly just like put it down. And just like, I'm not doing yeah. this anymore. The second guitar teacher that I got, um, uh, which was at this this classical music school, I saw a weekend school in them. Um, in the local town near, near where my parents lived uh he he was so brilliant that he just absolutely just like lit that fire in me and that all i wanted to do from that point on was just play guitar and i went 
wanted to be just like him as well because yeah. he was like the coolest guy ever as well <laughs> he just tell me stories about like it like getting drug play gigs and all this kind of stuff having bottles thrown at him on stage and you romanticize all that sort of yeah. stuff when you were like in your early teens and yeah. um and I'm still like really good friends with him to this day. So he was the guy last year who um, my wife encouraged me to sort of get, get some guitar lessons with him again, sort of rediscover my love for the guitar. And um, he was the one who sort of encouraged me to start doing the, the lo-fi chill hop stuff. Oh, right. so, okay. You know, this guitar teacher I've known since I was 12 made, you know, made all this difference in my life from just like just freak luck, really. Yeah, yeah all that kind of stuff but that was the difference that a really really great teacher can make in, in your life you know he he was one of the people i i credit saving my life to but also he um you know got me started on this whole journey of guitar and music yeah uh, you know, i've learned so much from him yeah definitely good teacher yeah absolutely he was a teacher of, of music and and life as well yeah mostly, yeah mostly what not to do when you're drunk but it's still <laughs> it's still useful lessons <laughs> sorry chris <laughs> okay mate no well thank you so much for having me it's been really really great to, to talk about this and to anybody who wants to talk with me further best place to get me is on instagram um at confidential underscore lo-fi you know, I will answer any messages that people send me. You've got questions, you want advice, you just want to talk at any point. You know, it makes all the difference in the world. So just just give me a message, honestly. Yeah. You know, whether you're a parent or not, just 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 send me a message. I'll include um, your Instagram page and, and link into the show notes when, when the episode you. comes out as well. So people will be able to find you there. Um, Thank you so much. And thanks, thanks for the... Uh, the coffee uh, donation as well that was a surprise <laughs> no of course my my my, my pleasure yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's, i don't get them very often so it was very surprising i was actually sat <laughs> sat waiting to go into a meeting somewhere the actual time when i have to go out the house and make an effort to go somewhere and it just popped up on the phone i thought oh what's this let's check this quick before i have to go in and uh yeah thanks for that. <laughs> oh my, my my pleasure you know this is something that i support hugely of course you know um wanting to talk about all this stuff you know shows that enough i think but you know i really um you know i absolutely wish you all the success with with this podcast and i'm looking forward to listening to more episodes as they come out yeah brilliant thank you my pleasure thank you so much my friend 